You're listening to the Weird Sisters, Harry Potter Reread, episode 37. On today's show, we discuss Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, chapter 16, 17, and 18. Hello and welcome to the Weird Sisters. I'm Danielle. And I'm Allison. We're back with the Order of the Phoenix and I have a very important matter that needs discussing right off the bat. Uh-oh, what is this? So, okay, the Hogshead, our first chapter, opens on just some, like, little charm, or not, not charms, transfiguration flavor scene, right? Yeah. And Hermione has progressed to vanishing kittens. You want to know where they go? Uh, I'm pretty sure they're murdered, because I googled this. What? <laughs> I, no. I wasn't concerned when it was snails or mice. But now I think we're helping to control the pet population with spaying, neutering, and vanishing our animals. <laughs> they can't be murdered. Uh, yes, because I googled vanishing spells, and I don't remember where this is, but I do remember that it's a line in the book about how where do vanished things go? Into non-being. That is to say everywhere. Into non-being? Those kittens are not coming back. <laughs> well, can't they? I mean, you can't. There's no rematerialization spell. Can you summon something back from non-being? All right, that sounds a little bit like raising people from the dead, which we don't really like to get into. <laughs> and like, I I noticed the use of vanishing spells twice in our chapters which is to vanish Harry's potion and to vanish vomit. Okay, so they're treating these kittens like vomit that you want to get rid of. You're not summoning it back. Well, (laughs) I mean, maybe (laughs) I have no answer for this. But I'm I'm not that everyone you don't like cats very much. So you're fine with it. Is that what you're saying? I am just this. I'm going to sound like a horrible person. I'm less broken up about this and other similar incidents in and outside of the Harry Potter universe that other people find offensive. So, I am not saddened (laughs) greatly by the loss of the kittens. It was probably a painless dematerialization. I mean, would you look a kitten in the face and say, I'm going to va- just extinguish you from existence? That's not what they're saying. There's a vanishing spell. <laughs> and you kind of jab at it with your wand. Oh, man. I mean, they don't... So, you keep... I guess there's... The real question is, is there an infinite progression of this? Because they talk about how the complexity of what you're vanishing makes it more and more difficult so vomit being lower on that then you have invertebrate animals then mice then kittens can you progress further up the animal chain you know can i vanish you from existence see i I I think there are protections as well i think there are protections against that i don't think that's possible like, just built into the spell? Yes, just limitations. A kitten might be the tops. Okay. Kitten is the tops. 
And you can't vanish an elephant. And they always are using creatures in their classes. Are those real creatures? You know, are they really vanishing real creatures? Because where then are they finding all of the snails, all of the mice, all of the crows, all of the kittens? Like, where <laughs> are those coming from? Yeah. They've never really heard of limitations of experimenting on animals. Like, they don't seem to have any sort of laws or qualms about this. Well, no. I don't think the ASPCA would be very thrilled with them. <laughs> they would sing a sad song about it? Yes. Sarah McLaughlin is going to have a commercial about all the vanished uh, kittens and silenced crows. <laughs> anyway, I'll overlook the fact that Hermione's a kitten murderer and move on. She's, hey, she's all about the protection of sentient creatures, and she doesn't have a problem with this. So either there's something we're missing, or you need to let the kittens go. <laughs> you know, my cat's, like, right over there. Do you want to tell that to her face? Well, what well, you know, yeah, there are a lot like of my cats. Cat okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, you monster. <laughs> We do learn that Hermione is still talking to Vicky. They're pen pals. Yeah, pen pals. This is my air quotes that you can't see. I was going to know one can see that. <laughs> what is Victor Crumb doing now, anyway? Oh. Just writing to high school girls? He's done with school. <laughs> I don't know. We don't really know what most wizards do as adults, unless you work for the ministry. Those are really your options. Ministry, maybe a teacher. That's about it. Well, I guess he, he was playing for yeah, Bulgaria. he has to be playing professional Quidditch. Yeah. Yeah. And just not going to school. Right. Okay. So, yes, we learned that they're still in contact. Ron is not particularly pleased, which is the beginning of a theme for these chapters. It is? Well, yes. <laughs> well, Ron gets jealous about uh, Ginny oh, and her oh, relationship. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. We're starting this escalation that's going to evolve into the lavender incident. Oh, yes. Anyway, Harry's finally been convinced to think about teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts. So don't worry, Hermione's arranged everything, of course. <laughs> Yeah, set the word out to a few people who might be interested. Yeah. And she decides it's best to meet in the Hogshead, which is like the seedy bar in Hogsmeade. That was just a terrible idea. Is it a terrible idea on its face, though? Yes. Because... Okay. Well, not only are you going where there are notoriously questionable characters... It's a place where students don't go. So her thought is that, like, oh, they won't be cited as having a meeting. But I think it's even more obvious that if students don't go there and suddenly there's 30 students in the hogshead, like, that's a little weird. Yeah, it doesn't turn out great. No. But here's our first sighting of Aberforth. What? I missed it. 
You're giving me this look. <laughs> Where was he? Okay, well, Aberforth owns the Hogshead. He's the barkeep? Well, he's not mentioned by name. Yes. He's not mentioned by name, but here there's two clues. Well, if you didn't already know, because we know that he owns the Hogshead, but it says that the bar smells like goats. Number one. Okay. Remember Aberforth and his charms on goats? Oh, yeah. And number two, Harry says that he's oddly familiar looking. Oh. Because he looks like Dumbledore. Oh, totally missed that. <laughs> well, there you go. He runs a dirty bar. Yes. They took different paths in life. <laughs> Only slightly. So at the Hogshead, a bunch of people show up. I think probably people that have never been named before. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of names. Yeah. She had to come up with all of those. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns into a bit of an inquisition about, well, how do you know Voldemort's really back? Yeah. And I think Harry kind of rightly feeling like, that's why you're really here is just to hear me tell this story firsthand. You're not so interested in that whole practicing thing, but is he going to tell us about Cedric? What's the deal? Yeah. And he really doesn't, but people do stick around. Yeah, there's that one annoying... And then it turns into... Yeah, I mean, Harry doesn't give him much except for that one guy, that one bloke, Zacharias. Zacharias. Ugh. It's just annoying. Yeah, but it's not him who ultimately tattles. Yeah, it's Cho's friend, right? Yep. Um, but then it kind of turns into a recounting of Harry's feats throughout the book, <laughs> which turns the tide. Yeah, like, I mean, but we all know, we like, we have gone through these stories with Harry as the reader, but if you're just, like, a generic Hufflepuff... You know, yeah. who is going to school in the same cohort as Harry Potter. I mean, that's already kind of different, maybe kind of cool. But, and you've heard, you've probably really only heard the stories, but how widely are those things known? Are they believed? Um, are you just, I don't know if we have a true sense of that. Yeah. Because, like, even just think to the first book. Okay, Quirrell has Voldemort's face under his turban, and Harry Potter defeats him. And But this is not, like, talked about at a school press conference or something. Right, and, like, Quirrell crumbles. I guess they get points yeah. at the end. Yeah, I mean, Dumbledore always sort of says something, but it's not for the gory details. And two, what? <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. A tale worthy of Harry Potter, yes. for sure. Um, and then we see Hermione's plan in action is that she's making people sign this piece of paper that she doesn't tell them is bewitched. That was a low blow, Hermione. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. But there is some hesitation, even from supporters, of like, well, what if this list gets found, which it does eventually... 
and you know i'm a prefect or we could get in trouble or my mom says <laughs> yeah people's moms are very worried <laughs> they all seem to have seen instructions from their moms about towing the line and not making umbridge upset you know what they're at boarding school so i think you get to do what you want <laughs> that's right who cares what she says and this is where we let slip that Ginny and Michael Corner, is that his last something, name? Yeah. Something like that. Have been apparently dating since last year. Yeah. How did we not know about this? Well, we didn't know anything about Jenny really before. Well, we talked to her all summer. She was a real person. How do we not know? That's true. Well, she wasn't like, you know, my boyfriend and I. <laughs> yeah. But she didn't want Ron to know. No, smart. Yeah, it was smart. But I I did kind of like, as Harry surprisingly astutely realized, it's like, oh, that's why she can talk to me now. <laughs> she doesn't care anymore. Yeah, but it was not that I long w- ago. She's like, oh, yeah, she gave up on Harry a few months ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why does she give up on Harry? Because she found another man to ask her out? Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, although, and as of and the first time reading this, I really thought we were done with this. Oh, yeah. Like, it was a little kind of girlhood, big star thing. Yeah. But no, apparently it's true love, <laughs> which is kind of lame. <laughs> Wait, why it? is it lame? Now who's heartless? <laughs> I don't know. Is that you're magically in love with the person that you're supposed to be with when you're 11? Well, doesn't that happen sometimes? I suppose sometimes. And there aren't that many witches and wizards that he knows, so he's... <laughs> the pickings are limited. Well, and they have been through a lot together. Adversity strengthens bonds. Makes you horny, you mean? I'm sticking with strengthens bonds. <laughs> okay. <sighs> so then our next chapter is Educational Decree number 24. Well, that's never good. Nope. I wonder how many there are in this book. A lot. Now tell us what Educational Decree well, 24 is. Well, all organizations, societies, teams, groups, and clubs are henceforth disbanded. I must request permission to reform... Permission, of course, being sought from the High Inquisitor, Inquisitor, the lovely Professor Umbridge herself. And if you are caught to be in a illegally formed group, you'll be expelled. Oh my. Can't be a coincidence. No. And I don't know how she finds out. I don't really either. Because <laughs> no one has told yet from the group part of me kind of just thinks because i know malfoy becomes her little whatever they name her him later you know the helpers yeah yeah was he did he or other folks just kind of see the group converging at the hogshead i you know now that you say malfoy maybe you're just planting this notion in my head but i feel like actually maybe he was disguised in the hogshead 
Because Sirius tells us later that Mundungus was disguised in the hogshead and heard you. Yeah, I wouldn't have said he was disguised. I just think it was more suspicion. Like, oh, there, look, there's all these people of all sorts meeting in this unusual place. Yeah, either way, she's on to them. And this has repercussions for everyone, including the Gobstones Club. <laughs> Very upsetting. And Quidditch. Apparently, yes. Quidditch is not exempt. No. And I was very worried that we would not have any more Quidditch. Just for Gryffindors. Just for- but, a- but apparently, I think Dump- it suggested that Dumbledore is leaned on or something. Yes, because she did hem and haw over reinstating them. Yeah. But of course, Slytherins can go right yes. away. Of course, I mean, like, there is no... We know Umbridge to be on the side of the Ministry. There is really not a direct correlation between the Ministry and Slytherin. See, but here, you mentioned Malfoy, and here I think it's Malfoy. Malfoy's her little pet, because we also learn that Slytherin was allowed to reform from Malfoy going on and on about it. Okay. And about how tight he is and how tight his family is with the ministry and everything. I just took Malfoy's statements as pure ridiculousness. Because that, how can that possibly be? Like, who cares that your father has influence in the ministry when it comes to his son and his house and the Quidditch team? Like, <laughs> of all the things to have the influence over... That is where you're going to wield it? That is where people get uptight? It's like, hmm, I'm not sure this Quidditch team can be here because you don't have influence at the ministry. What? That just is, that's too far for me. Well, I th- I think it's maybe more, she's our, she's fond towards Malfoy in part because his father is in with the ministry and Malfoy is being her little pet. So she lets Slytherin reform more because of Malfoy than Malfoy is. A little pet she's fond of. Who does her bidding. Maybe. I think it's right. <laughs> I think you hit on it and now you're refusing to believe it. I guess. It's just... Petty. Um, But we do get a fun fact in this little encounter. So Ron and Harry see the sign and are alarmed. And they think, let's go tell Hermione. Apparently this is the only time they have seen something before Hermione and thought to go and tell her. (laughs) It took them till the fifth book. And so there's a separate spiral staircase to the girls' dormitory. So Ron starts up it and it promptly turns into a slide. (laughs) And he slides down. And this is obviously, as everyone seems to know, like an old school founders boys are evil yes lecherous and girls are fine yes because the girls can go to the boys dormitories it doesn't make any sense yeah so there's just our girls just need their sleep i don't know like so everyone really is going to be on the boys side (laughs) that's where everyone hangs out well or you have a boy run up the stairs so that you guys can just have a slide. Yeah, that sounds fun. Except if you have to go back up. But <laughs> going down is <laughs> well, fun. That's true. Yeah. 
And then Hermione tells everyone that she bewitched the parchment, so no, it wasn't one of the people at the meeting who told. Right. And then, in History of Magic, Hedwig shows up. She didn't show up with the morning owls, but she so- shows up during class. Are you making me up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so Harry, like, lets her in <laughs> and discovers that her wing is hurt. Very suspicious. And, of course, she was delivering a letter to Sirius. Yes, and a response came back. Yeah. So he takes her to Professor Grubby Plank. He's going to fix her up. But McGonagall realizes, like, where have you been sending letters? Don't you know that, you know, we've said it all along, like, oh, letters can be intercepted. But now it seems pretty obvious that Hedwig was mauled. (laughs) To read the letter. Yes. And McGonagall's saying, you moron, who do you think yeah. is doing this? Yeah. Well, and I did notice that Professor Grubbyplank, um, you know, in wondering how she got hurt, mentions yes. Thestrals. I think this is the first time they're named, but Harry, of course, doesn't know what a Thestral <laughs> is and doesn't care, except that he does care. Yes. He just doesn't yes. know that. But... So I guess presumably, like, how does one intercept an owl then? Oh, yeah. You just, like, jump up in the air and tackle it? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I mean, maybe she's, well, maybe she's getting all the owls. Okay, I don't think we have evidence for this, but I think this makes the most sense. If you were to be doing mail, this is what you should do. Is just, like, have all the owls, like, come through to one place, and she looks at them all. And Hedwig shows up late because she was opening that letter. And maybe she gets hurt, hurt, like, protesting or something. Then won't all the owls be late? Well, no, because they probably look at the look at the name or something. It's like, don't care, don't care, don't care. I don't know. I mean, I agree. If you just do a systematic mail search, that's probably the way to go. But I kind of think the implication <laughs> is with that and the whole Filch thing that he specifically is being tailed. And so, I mean, we all know Hedwig is his owl, but I, I'm still not sure out. how one catches an owl. Maybe there's, like, thug owls that, or hawks that bring her down. <laughs> yes. I suppose you could just shoot a spell at her if you were had really good aim. Well, you'd also have to know she was coming. That's the thing. I don't know. All right. The Postal Service takes these sort of things very seriously, you know. It's a felony. Yes. But... Here's Okay, so the letter then says same time, same place. So we think we're being very discreet. That even if it's been read, no one would know. That is wrong. Yes, very wrong. Because Sirius shows up later in the fire. And then Umbridge's hand is there. That's alarming. What does she think she's going to do, him though? Pull through? The flame? Is she that strong? Or hold him until someone else put his head in a vice grip? I will, and it's like 
Why put your hand instead of your head? <laughs> you just wanted to headbutt him? That'd be good. Knock I was him out. More like him. visual, you know. If she, if Umbridge has a visual, they're gonna believe her. Yeah. I don't know. And the question: How did she know about it in the first place? That the well, first time that he did right. it. Right. How? I mean, maybe he wasn't as clever as he thought. Like. Because presumably he had to do some shenanigans to well, allow him to do this. Well, and Hermione said, you know, they could be monitoring the flu network. So we had talked about, you know, can you, like, is Hogwarts on the flu network? Which it seems like it shouldn't be. But apparently it is. Maybe you can just stick your head. Maybe you can't pass through. <laughs> so, but was, yeah, was that just a coming upon it? How would they have been tipped off? I don't know. I like the... I don't know if there's evidence for it, but I like the idea that in Sirius's recklessness, he thinks he's very clever and somehow hooked it up enough that he can do this, but, you know, isn't aware that that is somehow detectable, basically. Yeah, well... And does it play out, too? I mean, isn't there fear of exposure? Because he's at Grimwald Place... Yeah. You know. I mean, everyone still thinks he's a notorious mass murderer. But but there was the rumor going around that he was still alive. But most people, I think, think he's dead. Why? Why? The ministry is hunting him. The orders are hunting him. No one thinks he's dead. Oh. I mean, the fear, he isn't he still kind of suspect number one? But. I guess. I guess, does the general public know that he is still alive? I, you're right, the ministry definitely knows. But... Well, or did they try and do a cover-up when he escaped? I'm not sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, either way, Umbridge probably knows. So. Um. Oh, and then we have this heartbreaking little scene where Malfoy, you know, he's talking about the Slytherin team reforming, and then he goes on about how, oh, they're going to put Harry right. in the loony bin, basically. Neville wasn't too happy about that. No. He tries to punch his lights out. And of course no one knows but Harry why Neville suddenly went bananas. Go Neville. I know. We're mm-hmm. coming up on that, mm-hmm. I think, where we see his parents. Yeah. Oh, we also we just kind of got distracted by Sirius, but then we get the whole Trelawney thing where she is rather upset. Because she got her review back, and it sort of suggested that she is now on some kind of probation. Oh, yes. Which, she's going to fail. 
probation. You know, imagine the that. Or seers who are misunderstood. I get. You know, I feel weird about this because she reminds me of like all the terrible teachers I've had. You know, and you kind of want to yeah. see her get hers, but not from Umbridge. But not from Umbridge. It's it's rough. So in the, our following chapter, Dumbledore's Army, we're sort of picking up on our serious near miss the night before. And Hermione all of a sudden thinks that this thing, which is her idea, might be a bad idea since Sirius seemed to be so enthusiastic about it. Yeah, Hermione is not very high on Sirius. She increasingly thinks he is reckless, encourages dangerous activity, and wants to live vicariously through them. Yep. Well... Hermione won't have to deal with him much longer. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> hey, you're a kitten hater. Um, kittens versus beloved godfather. Just saying. Okay. Well, um, we also, was it last time we talked to Sirius where he was kind of disappointed that they discouraged him from showing up in Hogsmeade as a dog? He's like, oh, yes. well, your father would have lived for the danger kind of thing. He's kind of like a someone reliving the glory days of being a high school quarterback <laughs> who just can't move on and, like, high school was the best time of his life. I mean... I guess it was, considering yeah, the life that fair, he had. he spent 13 years in Azkaban and now is confined to his parents' house. That he disowned and cannot support yeah. the cause. So I have some sympathy for him. Yeah, but that doesn't make Hermione wrong either. Well, are, I mean, so are you saying they shouldn't be forming this society? Oh, no. Not necessarily. Although it is going to go kind of pretty they could wrong. could be expelled, you know. They could be expelled. That's right. Although, do you remember how, I mean, we don't ever see it firsthand, but in the seventh book, that Dumbledore's army, like, has a life of its own under the rule, like, under, like, dark hard yeah. Hogwarts? They, I mean, they kind of continue on as the rebellion. Yeah. Except that they're, like, actually getting mauled. And yeah. tortured and things. Yeah. Look what. See, Hermione started the rebellion. <laughs> yes. She is rebellious. She just doesn't know it. I, th I mean, she knows it. I mean, she wants to be planful about it, though. Everything is very planful. You know, it's. I don't think planful is a word. Yes, it is. Planful? Yes. I stand firm in this. Oh. <laughs> this is all right we have to solve this this is totally okay. a word we're googling this that sounds like someone who doesn't speak english as a first language what okay i have been known to end add endings to words that i think should exist that don't but i am pretty confident in this oh it it is on marion webster <laughs> you can be planful but it says this word doesn't usually appear in our free dictionary. What? All right. Op Eng English Oxford. Here we go. Lay it <laughs> on me. 
planful, full of, full of rich or rich in plans. It is from the mid 19th century. Okay, you win, I guess. Planful. That's a word. Planful. It doesn't sound like anyway, a word. Hermione is very, very planful. <laughs> She's prepared. Well, yes, and I mean, someone calls her out too at the meeting, like, "You just want to pass your owls." I know. <laughs> She's like, yes, I do. But I really, what I think is most important is not about the school. It's about the reality. Yeah. Well, we didn't really talk about it, but when Umbridge visits Snape for his review, mm-hmm. she even there is like, I don't really think they should be learning strengthening potions. We should remove that from the syllabus. Yes, it's a little too provocative for them. Yes. It's only pro- she probably I bet Umbridge is appalled about the vanishing of kittens. That's just because she likes kittens. Uh-huh. <laughs> she everyone has a redeeming quality. Oh, now I wish they would have done that lesson when she was there. <laughs> okay, that would have been funny. <laughs> Uh, but we do learn one bright spot of news is that Quidditch is now allowed. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And they have a miserable practice, so they probably wish Quidditch was not allowed. Yes, in the rain. With boils on their butts. That's just Fred and George. Yeah, just Fred and George. Um, but yeah, then we get this kind of weird step forward. And our Harry Voldemort connection. Yes. So he has an yeah, epiphany. He's like, oh my, you know, he has a scar hurting moment. And then it just sort of realizes, oh, Voldemort was really angry. Was he angry this time? Yes. So he, yeah, this time he identifies it as anger. Well, and then he's able to go back and recount the other times from this year. He's like, oh, that time was happiness, and that time was disappointment, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, this time he also says that it's anger because he wants something done, and it's not happening soon enough. Right, and then he recalls the conversation when he first got to the order about the weapon thing that he can't yes. have. And we had a discussion... If it was the Elder Wand or the Prophecy. Because you thought it was the Prophecy. And I thought it was yes. the Elder Wand. Does this enlighten us anymore? <laughs> well, I guess I just interpreted this line in light of it being the Prophecy. Because, well, actually I think the context kind of leads us towards the Prophecy. Because shortly after this, Harry's going to have that dream. Yeah. About the corridor, which is the Department of Mysteries, which is where the prophecy is. So Voldemort is thinking about that. Yes. Okay, and, okay, it says Umbridge's office, he was pleased. I don't know what that is. Do you? Um... What would have happened around then that makes him pleased? I feel like the only context really ha- we have is the Sturgis thing. But that happened prior. 
Well, yes, because the last one he recalls is the night before term started, and that's when Sturgis was caught. And then he's furious. So that one is about Sturgis, because he has Sturgis Imperius trying to get the prophecy, and it fails. So why is he happy? Happy about a few weeks into term, I think this would probably be. Not even, like the first week. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. But there was also a line, too, that he points out, Harry points out, kind of about, like, there's always been this unusual connection he's felt to Voldemort that Dumbledore has never been able to fully and satisfactorily (laughs) explain. Yeah. You mean it's, like, more than just the emotion part? Yeah, well, maybe that was when Ron was like, oh, are you, is it like a vision kind of thing? And it's like, no, it's like I'm feeling Mm -hmm. his, what he's feeling, his emotions. And then it is like, that's, I mean, that is an elevation in itself from what he's experienced prior. But Dumbledore, I think we've had this conversation before, knows or at least suspects that this is actually because he, Yo, you got Voldemort's yeah. soul inside you. But here is Harry sort of recognizing this greater and complex connection and not really being satisfied with what he knows from Dumbledore. Yeah, like, it is kind of a weird thing, A, that he all of a sudden reaches understanding mm-hmm. to a certain degree. And B, previously, he's been very worked up about scar pain, right? Whereas other people have not been nearly as worked up as he's been. But now he's like, oh, I have this pain, and I'm, like, half reading Voldemort's thoughts. But he's just kind of chill about it. He is just being dumb about it. Because he just doesn't want to talk to Dumbledore? Well, last time I I told Sirius, and... Now I can't do that. And I'm not telling Dumbledore. So nan and a boo-boo. Yeah. Would anything different have happened if he had told Dumbledore? Well, is this... This is the book where Snape has to teach us oculomancy. Isn't it? At the second half of this book? I I think it is. I don't... Does that happen yes. after Arthur yes, Weasley, maybe? Because he like comes by the order over the holidays, and that's when it gets decided. So what that I think maybe that would have started sooner. They would have been more cautious about those thoughts. Yeah, I guess maybe Dumbledore doesn't realize or hasn't seen evidence that he's that it's like a a more than a pain in the forehead and that therefore it could potentially go both ways. Right. Which is what they realize later. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the reason, like, I think it's in the end kind of Dumbledore finally talks to him, but won't look at him kind of deal. There's a point where Dumbledore, they're talking, but he won't look him in the eye because he's afraid of that very thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Yikes. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then basically after this, he's falling asleep in the common room and has a dream that he's at a long corridor at the door and he like really wants Mm -hmm. what's inside and he's about to open the door when he's woken up by Dobby. But so he's dreamy. He's like from the perspective of Voldemort right now. No, that's interesting. That's right. He's so not is in Voldemort the dreaming about the corridor. <laughs> or is it just that he's like interpreting those feelings of longing in his like relaxed state of a dream? You know what I mean? But is so he's it, taking those? I think when he sees Arthur, he recognizes the corridor from his dreams. Yeah. It's yeah. a little unclear. Well, a, number one, this Nagini is there because that Nagini gets Arthur. So maybe he can see through Nagini. And maybe you can see through Imperious yeah. people. I don't know. I mean, he's got a lot of henchmen. He's got body cameras on him. And that corridor is very busy because the order yeah. is also on guard that duty. That seems unlikely it would be empty. Yeah. Anyway, he's woken up by Dobby, who is going to deliver Hedwig in the middle of the night. (laughs) Why not? But he wants to help. Help Harry Potter, of course. And he's wearing all the hats. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And all the socks, because his feet are now too big for his body. Okay, Winky's wearing a few of them, too. But as mentioned, all the other house elves will not clean Gryffindor common room. Because they are offended. Yeah, they're not just afraid. Yeah. They're insulted. Yeah. Hermione, come on. I guess she doesn't take their... She believes in their liberty, but doesn't think they actually have personal... They should right. be making decisions for themselves. a little... <laughs> Lacking yeah. a certain maturity yeah. in thought there. But your heart's in the right place. Mind. I know. No, he doesn't mind. Because he might get a chance to see Harry yeah. Potter. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna just gonna say it. Dobby dying is way sadder than Sirius dying. <laughs> it is pretty sad. Yeah. But he does. He helps us again. He comes to our aid again. We ask where we can practice safely for the DA meetings. Not yet named. And Dobby's for the first time names the room of requirement. Haven't we've been in it before, right? Yes, and we've been we've discussed the room of requirement in great detail, so I was very surprised. Like actually when they were talking about where to have the meeting, I was like, You idiots, the room of requirement, how come no one's thinking of this? I didn't put together that they didn't really know that it was the room of requirement. Okay, but what don't we think we think the mirror of Irisad was there before? I think, yes, we do think but it was there. Have we been any, in there anywhere else? Any other times? Oh, God, you're going to make us look like idiots or forget something. I mean, Dumbledore yeah, mentions the bathroom, it. But that's not, not the a bathroom. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I get, I, we just had discussions yeah. about it. So it seems like they should know. But Dobby knows because the other elves told him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And he's been using it for drunk yes. Winky. <laughs> I guess, but it can only occupy one need at a time. Yeah, I guess. Or, wait, wait, is this where, doesn't Ginny take him there to hide the diary? No, that's the sixth book. She takes him there to hide the potions book. Yes. But she had the diary there at one point. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we've been there. And, yeah, (laughs) not knowingly. Um, so yeah, because so many problems would be solved if you knew about the room of requirement. No one seems to really know it. Like, people have used it, but they don't recognize what it is. They don't know that they could summon it. Well, now it does say you have to have a real need. Yeah, yeah, and I... But, you know, hiding from Filch seems to be a real need, because Fred and George did that. Though, I didn't like... When they actually go there, they made him, like, pace in front of it three times. Because if that's really true, you'd have to be pondering what you need, hap- you know, by happenstance, in that particular quarter and pacing to get it. <laughs> well, maybe the pacing is doesn't actually do it. He That was just incidental. Right, and it continues to be used for the DA's headquarters in that seventh yeah. year yeah. stuff. It's that a really on. great place. And then, like, the door opens in different places, and that's cool. cool. Yeah, now the room of requirement's going to be a big deal. Because, yeah, the hiding of stuff, and yes. the diadem of Ravenclaw, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Dobby, very important. So, they take his advice, go to the room of requirement. Now, here's the thing. Now, all these 25 know, people know lame. about the room of requirement. Aren't, aren't you going to be up in there all the time? So... I mean, technically, they never really explained it to the other people. I guess, yeah. Still. I know. Yeah, I would be there all the time. Yeah, Yeah, what would you require? Would you decide (laughs) that you suddenly required a sandwich and a a comfortable bed? No, just like my hiatus. (laughs) Yeah. Hermione's very Um, impressed because it has all these cool new books. Yeah, it's just because summon books. Cushions for, you know, knocking people over and yes. the faux glass yeah. is there. Dark detectors. The same yes. faux glass I think yes. we're led to believe. Which is weird. It's just like, I where was it before? Know. It just whisted <laughs> away? I don't... It must have been left at Hogwarts somehow. Mm. So they're having their first DA meeting. And what do you... What would Harry Potter teach but Expelliarmus? <laughs> I know, I had to laugh. Like, of course you would. But well, it becomes a problem. It's his signature spell, so he starts doing that and people know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I do kind of like that that kind of catches up with him. Well, and someone, oh, I think our, that annoying guy, Zacharias, was like, what good is this spell? <laughs> He's like, uh, I use it all the time. <laughs> the Dark Lord hates it. <laughs> well, he d- he did kind of drop a little detail. He said, I used it against him in yeah. June. You know, when he was very yeah. hush-hush about what actually happened. I don't think it really worked, though. Could... Well, 
It's what it was his spell that went against the killing spell. Uh, the prior that made the the puking spells. Yeah. Priori and Cantano. <laughs> well, it's like your your wand is puking like up spells. <laughs> yes. And, you know, he has some nice awkward moments yeah. with Cho. Mm. And you know, here's... Uh, now, I have a theory. That this can all be blamed on what? Cho. <laughs> because her friend, who's not mm-hmm. very happy to be there, there's this tiny little scene where Cho is distracted by Harry and accidentally sets her friend's sleeve yes. on fire. The friend is not impressed and gives Harry a very dirty look. I'm thinking she got set on fire and that was the final straw. <laughs> I think it's more like that bigger moral opposition. But also, well, I'm just annoyed at Cho because why couldn't you just go by yourself? Well, she, we do m- mention several times that she's always but you know, this part of the year, gaggle. She has been less so. Yes. Yes, because she's been sad. So she's less so, so she just has one girl instead of a gaggle. Still. Oh, backtracking slightly, we one of our new named characters that shows up in the DA is Susan Bones, which is Madame Bones's yes. niece. And she, you know, she seems friendly and nice and sticks up for Harry. But I, oh, I should have Googled this. But I'm like 90% sure that in the like post Harry Potter release of pairing everybody up that JK did, that Susan Bones marries Neville. What? I think so. I got Now I got to Google this. I just, just saying things. Wait, but I thought Neville got with Luna. That's what, that's what fans wanted. But I don't think that's it. What? Maybe I'm an, maybe I'm insane, but you forget how much Hermione hates Luna. <laughs> like there's some nasty scenes. I know. <laughs> well, Luna is everything she is not. Illogical. Well, I don't know. This Wikia doesn't say that. Maybe I made that up. I, I apologize if I made this that does up. Does not seem Did... real to me. That's. I don't think her name is Susan. I think it's something else too. I don't what? think her name is Susan. I think it's something else, Bones. Yes, it is. No, it's Susan Bones. I thought that was her aunt's name. Madame no. Maxine? No, it's Maxine. Isn't it Madame? You're Madame Maxine is a giant. We have to cut this because we sound like she's a half giant. But not Mrs. Bones. Oh, God. Why don't we hide our stupidity better? The Maxine. Why are you saying Maxine? Oh, maybe you're right. Well, who's Mrs. Bones? Why Bones is, is a person saying... who is in... She works for the ministry. She's the, the crime person, the head of the crime. She's oh. not Madame Maxine. She's oh. not related to the giant. Those are way, two different people. I don't... Why did I? I've what? always thought that. I don't know why. You're right, Her though. Her name is Mrs. Bones or something. 
I think the aunt is Susan Bones, and then the niece in Hogwarts is somebody else, neither of which are giantesses. Those are not the same at all. <laughs> we thought Madame Maxine was Susan Bones? How does that... How? I really did. Well, I don't... Wait... <laughs> I don't know. You're confusing Madame me so Maxine much right now. Is the one from Boba and well, yeah. Okay, I know that. I know that. But for some reason, her last name was Bones because she's quote my... big bone. I don't. I guess maybe that's where my brain went. No. Oh, jeez. I'm gonna have to find something really tiny to catch you out on next episode because I look like a moron. <laughs> <laughs> she works for the Madame Maxine is the headmistress, not working for the ministry. Yeah, I know that. Okay, I, I know who Madame Maxine is, but no, I, I just I didn't remember that Bones was like a minor character of the ministry. I thought that her last name was Bones. <laughs> no. Uh. No. No. All right, let's get. Where, where's well, Pottermore? It tells you all the characters. Okay, I but her name is Susan. Right? I think the aunt's name is Susan. I'm not convinced that the daughter's name, our niece's name, is Susan. But maybe it. I could be mixed up on that part. No, her name is Susan. Yep. Her name is Susan Bones. Amelia Bones, I think, is her aunt. Right. Does it say what Neville. Okay. I think they're lying about Neville still. Who Neville marries? Oh, it's Hannah Abbott. That's right. Oh. He marries fine, Hannah Abbott. They just change it in the movie. Yeah, that's in the movie, fine. he's like, I gotta go tell her before the battle. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I think people like the idea of him and Luna, but no. I think, okay, I think I got this idea because I once read a fan fiction <laughs> about Neville and Susan Bones. I thought that that was somehow yeah. canonical. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> please forgive me for my <laughs> ignorance. I'll try not to marry any unsuited people Goodness. again in the future. Okay, well, we'll try to be smarter yeah, next episode. No promises, about? though. What is the next episode? Um. Wait, and when is the movie um, coming out? Yeah, it's soon. This month, I know. So here's but the- I don't think it's going to be this week. Are we going to see it? Well, yes, we're going to see it. What kind of dumb question is that? In the theaters? What? Like, what? It's not a torture chamber. What? I, in the theater? I usually don't go to the theater and spend my money. Well, you can go once. Maybe I'll go with mom and dad on Thanksgiving like we used to. I'm not going to be here on Thanksgiving. Well, you'll have already seen it. Okay. Right, so we so might we'll not talk just... about it immediately. Yeah, we'll probably talk about it maybe the first one in December. Okay. We'll have seen it by then, but... Okay, in the theater. My God, what is wrong well, with you? Well, it's still... I'm not going to see it at midnight. I'm never... Hey, I'm going to dress up. Oh, there's a thought. Yeah, it's like, I got this costume. Why not? That's true. We have not revealed that... So you were all excited last week. To wear your robe for Halloween and to work. How, was that successful? 
It was very successful. I was extremely comfortable. <laughs> Did people compliment you on your Yes. Room? My sweet hat. Yes. Well, your myself and your husband did not purchase robes, but we enjoyed trying them on while we were in Diagon Alley. You know, they were very exciting, but a bit overpriced. So then our mother went and made us some. <laughs> so that was cool. So you could be cool too. So yes, I, I haven't worn it yet though. I've only seen it being made. So I could wear it. Yeah, well, if you're going to be around the weekend after Thanksgiving, maybe we'll all go and we'll dress up. What if I want to go on Thanksgiving? (laughs) Oh, well, fine. Go on Thanksgiving. I won't be around then. Anyway, this is not relevant. We should (laughs) Not my travel (laughs) plans. No one cares what we're doing on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Just saying, they all all the movies used to come out around that time. And there was a period of time where we would, like, have Thanksgiving dinner and then go see the Harry Potter movie in theaters. Yes, that happened at least a couple of times, yeah. I think. Yeah. Anyway, back <laughs> on topic. Next week's episode will be chapters 19, 20, and 21, which are The Lion and the Serpent. What? Oh, okay. Hagrid's Tale. That's Quidditch. Hagrid's Tale. Oh, Hagrid. Okay. And The Eye of the Snake. <gasps> so... Yes, because then the cha- then the next chapter after that, which we're not going to read Arthur. for this episode, is Saint yeah. Mungo's. So Arthur's going to get attacked. So yes, stuff is happening. This is our like mid book climax, I guess. Crisis. You know, yes, mid book crisis. Yeah, we're pretty much are halfway through. There's 38 chapters, and by the end of next week, we'll read through 21. Wow. That's a lot. There we go. Well, tune in for that. And don't expect us to be any smarter (laughs) next week, despite what I said. Okay. (laughs) Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Weird Sisters Pod. And if you could rate or review us on iTunes, that would be great. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.